Hey, this is Dave Chris. I'm the pastor of We're One based out of Gateway Assembly, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that this equips you and encourages you in your faith to see Jesus more clearly in your life. Let's hit it. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is uh, the week of We're One Conference 2022. We're shooting it yep. right now. Right now, uh-huh. in the present, which is at some point here going to be the future when this gets edited. It's crazy. That's because that's what we're going to talk about the future. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the future of youth, young adult ministry, reaching students, reaching people in that young age. What age are we kind of talking about here? Let's say like 12, somewhere in there to maybe even 30, 25. I don't know. What we Let's say 25 for the sake of conversation. Okay. And then we can expand it. We can we'll have a conversation about that conversation. Yeah, that's good. This conversation. So it could, you could be a pastor watching, leader, or maybe a youth young adult watching. We're going to talk about leadership, talk about things that we see either happening, it could happen, maybe even predict some things uh, in the future. And we're going to talk about the future of youth and young adult ministry. Yeah, yeah. What do we want to talk about? Well, if you don't know us uh, because this video is going to go viral because you guys are going to share it with people. It's going to be helpful. What's our name? We're the what boys? What are we? I don't remember what he said last night. What was that night? thing you said last night? I said something last night? I don't know. We're not the Valley Boys. We're the... <laughs> I said something. Yeah, say it was something. Things, but Fun, I don't remember. Funny story, though. I, uh, I was making a joke about how I've been putting on some pounds when I was preaching one time, mm. and I had a student come up to me. He goes, yo, PT. He goes, you and me, we're in, we in the TBC now. And I was like, what's the TBC? Oh, he goes... No. We're the thick boys club. <laughs> oh no! You and me. Okay, so this 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 is the thick skinny boy <laughs> Dude, club coming a, at you. Someone sent me a picture last night of a graphic of me speaking at their camp this summer. Does that not look like Tyler from afar? I I looked at it and I thought it was him. I told you Were you need to grow the beard the same. No, I think it's because of the beard and the hat. That's why. Gotcha. I, I mean, digress. I'm, what, what I'm saying is, I see myself in you. Yeah. Which means I think you're good looking. Thank you. I think I'm good looking. So this is the. TBC, thick and thin is what the team means, boys mm-hmm. club the episode. Boys club. Basically, so obviously we're yeah, here TBC, from We Are One, or club. obviously, maybe that's not obvious, you don't know. We're from We Are One. John's from Elevation Church, and we're here at conference week hanging out. Sure. We've been good friends for a long time, yep. and we figured since we have the set and we're here for conference, we should just talk yep. and then release this later for people mm-hmm. here after conference, whether they went or not, it doesn't yep. matter, mm-hmm. but talk about the future of ministry a little bit. Yeah. And maybe not everyone's called to the ministry, but they're maybe in some capacity a part of it, going to right. it. Maybe even you got opinions, throw in the, throw in the comments, mm-hmm. throw in there of like thoughts that you have because yeah. we wanna, we wanna grow. So what are things that we see are either changing or things we predict might change? The future, innovation, anything with the future, walking in the ministry because things are getting yeah weird, man. And I think that this is. Uh, this is what I see most commonly talked about on like church podcasts and like Facebook groups is like, what's the next thing? Um, and I'm going to try to keep a lot of the, um, what's the word? Well, I guess like negativity out of my voice because yeah. I roll my eyes sometimes that people put their weight in innovation. So like, let's talk about, here's one thing and let us know, link it in the comment, tag us to someone who's doing this well. But the first like VR metaverse church happened Mm-hmm. And I, I should have bet on this. I don't know where you would bet on this, but I should have said every youth pastor is going like to start like posting about churchcasino.com or something like that, I think. Is yeah, it? probably churchcasino.com. <laughs> it's a good URL. Is that URL taken? Um, and what I saw instantly, right? So Life.Church, who has an, is a lo- very large ministry with a huge infrastructure for technology. If someone's going to build a metaverse church and have a ministry to sustain it, 
it's going to be them. Yeah. Um, Churchcasino.com is available if anybody wants to purchase cool. it as well. Yep. Make some money. And, um, and they had a service, and they reported that 97 people attended, and nine people, I don't know how, I don't know if your avatars can raise your hand. I've only been in VR a few times. But, like, accepted Jesus, which I'm like, that is really cool. What's not cool is how then I saw every youth pastor in America try to buy an Oculus as if, like, that's the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I do think that uh, we can talk. Let's talk about it for a second. I do think that the metaverse is is obviously an opportunity to reach people for the gospel and is going to be a part of our world. My questions would be when, though, like I still feel I think in my opinion, I think we're like 10 years away from like the normal thing being like everyone's just like in VR, like, you know, yeah. um, and then and then what is the right way to do it? I don't want to I don't want to knock it. And even part of this podcast we don't mind getting like way out in the future i don't know what do you guys think i think like when i look at scripture in hebrews and it says that we should not stop coming together personally the way that i would take that and the way i think we even disciple people probably is from the angle that coming together weekly is very important being the lives of people like if you don't have some some numbers some some texts you can shoot out of people connecting the church and live life with them even on the daily in some way um, I just don't think any other way is how Jesus wanted it. So this is, what, this is what I'd say. This is my thought. My thought is there's nothing wrong with being in the metaverse. There's nothing wrong with VR. There's nothing wrong with, I think this is great. Now people are getting saved. That's amazing. I just think that should be a first step. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to do those things, you know, at first it was like we did one church, one service yeah and then it was you run multiple services yeah and then it was run you launch a campus as then you have multiple campuses then you have online church now we have this there's always me new inventions and i think partly romans talks about how people invent new ways of doing evil Mm -hmm. in the same way where sin abounds grace abounds so the church is always finding how to flip that and use it for god's glory whether that's writing songs putting up movies whatever's happened i think though that has to be a first step that it has to be Hey, we're here to reach out to you. This is outreach. We're meeting you. We're bringing Jesus to you, which is how it should be. And then there has to be some sort of invitation yeah. aspect of saying, but come join us if we have a right. local campus near you or find a, find a church that preaches the Bible and believes in Jesus fully and yeah. clarify yeah. that. I just think it should be a I first I think it's step. that distinction, I guess, between outreach and fellowship. Mm. I guess you can, you can have fellowship to a certain extent at any point, like in any medium. But like when it comes when it comes together, like when it comes to like a biblical model of fellowship, of course, the Bible didn't model the metaverse. They didn't have it. Yeah. Um, but there's a reason why Jesus came and modeled it at that time. Yeah. And um, I think that it's obviously a, a useful tool. I don't think that it's un, um, effect. It's ineffective. I don't think that it's um, or it won't be ineffective. I don't know when the heck it'll take place. I think I agree with you. I think yeah. it's like. I think a lot of uh, people are running to this progressivism because they believe that it will be um, either the replacement or, right. which I don't agree with, I think that it's an addition. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then also we don't want to spread ourselves so thin, like especially for pastors with smaller teams. Yeah. And they think that they have to, they think that they have to be on every platform. And then what will happen is then then something will give and they'll spread themselves so thin yeah. to keep maintain relevancy. I think 
instead of having depth with saying we are going to yeah. meet in person and it's going to be amazing. I yeah. think that is a good thought alone right there that I see a lot of churches. We even felt that. So, you know, when when everything happened in 2020 and all that stuff was going down, right? It's like, okay, we got to go online. But then we came back eventually in-house, but we didn't stop doing online. Like yeah. when we do any event now, we are essentially running, planning two events. Yeah. We, were, we would do one completely online one and one in-house, yep. which I think is an amazing thing to do if you have the capability to do yeah. it. It took us a little bit to get there, and I think even still yep. we're constantly figuring it out. But I think there is this and pressure. And we're weighing the, we're weighing the, uh, the cost. Yeah, we always it. go, yeah. what are we giving up over here, or what do we need to let slack so we mm -hmm. don't give this up over here? And I think, like, bottom line for me, I would say – as a ministry, as a person that follows Jesus anyway, you have to leverage everything you have. Yeah. Leverage your social media, leverage le leverage your influence in any direction. But I would say there is nothing better than face-to-face, in-person discipleship. Yeah. Like it doesn't get any better. So it's not that we can't be in the metaverse. It's not that we can't have an online gathering. It's not that we can't have somebody preaching on a screen. It's not that we can't whatever. We can do all those things, but ultimately like, I don't know how you'd speak to it, like your opinions on it, but I just feel like we have to be intentional about raising up leaders face-to-face -face, through text messages. I, I think it can start in any way. It just has to end to a point where right here we can face-to-face -face have a healthy dialogue, yeah. even with disagreement, because I'd like to hear your thoughts. Maybe you think yeah. differently, which is great, about Jesus, about faith, about everything, because right now with deconstructionism and all this like mm -hmm. it's there's just stuff all over yeah. the map right now that people yeah. are dealing with yeah and I, I would even say maybe you're a pastor leading leader watching like you don't even know how to deal with some of it i would even confess honestly approaching something like deconstructionism like he's been studying it a lot and i just i kind of sitting there getting taught learning it then trying to figure out where to go i know you've yeah. been dealing with it like me personally i don't know how to deal with that stuff as well yeah so i think even having relationships to lean into mm -hmm. but it does come to a point where face to face and that could be obviously someone's across state lines or something a conversation or whatever yeah um we're gonna be able to deal with it yeah how do you bridge the gap what's your thoughts in terms of well i flying into the I, unknown i've got a great um like one thing i heard once is this guy named uh, science mike i used to listen to him a lot is he like Bill Nye? Or? Uh, well, he, honestly, there's a sweet spot. He used to do stuff. They, there used to be this, well, there still is. I don't personally associate with it anymore. Listen to it. There was this community called the Liturgists, where it was like the Gungers. You guys remember Gungers? Mm -hmm. And Science Mike. And they would just bring these really like thoughtful, like just different ways of thinking in regards to our faith. And Science Mike is very into science. And on this one episode, someone asked him, this was a few years ago, he was really into He got like one of the first Oculus. He's really into it. Someone said, well, what do your kids think about it? And he just said such a brilliant answer but that I never thought of. He goes, well, there's no conducive studies on how uh, virtual reality would, have, would affect a, a developing child's brain. So I'm not, I didn't, I've not let them use it yet. Sure. And I'm just like, even, I'm not trying to be all like, I think there's such a difference between that mentality than like, don't let your kids ever listen to secular music. Like, you could say that the, 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 the latter is maybe there's been some people who are like, pharisaical, judgmental, whatever, but like being cautious of what you're letting into your kids' lives is yeah. just like smart. And even even being aware of it as a person, I don't know how it's going to affect my life. That's not a reason to not do it. Um, since, like just to close the loop, like I've just found that th that community, the liturgists and I have a lot of very deep disagreements disag 
disagreances on theology that I just can't subject myself to anymore. But I even think that's like worth saying to you guys of like being, being cautious of what you're letting into your life. So here I am citing that this guy said something good for me. Now I've kind of chosen to flow out of it and wouldn't promote it to any of my students or people in, in, our, in our church. Um, my friend Grant Diamond, who is um, just uh, uh, went from being a campus pastor at his church um, to being a digital missionary for his church. Mm-hmm. It's a church in Frisco, Texas. And he felt like he was reaching, he felt like he was more in his grace reaching people on Twitch through video games. Um, he was seeing more, pe- as many people come. It wasn't even about numbers. It was just for him, his calling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he felt like he was selling his church short, saying, you need a campus pastor here. So, you know, and you can, like he tells the story better, but basically, long story short, the day he w- he felt like he just had to go to his senior pastor and admit this and say, I think we need to come up and on- offer him for me because I feel like I'm called more into the mission space. And through this video game, Twitch live streaming platform thing, and his pastor said, hey, like, yeah, I get you're probably not best to be full-time staff, but we want to we want to send you some support each month and launch you out as our first digital missionary. And I think that I think that as church leaders, the ultimate thing we need to focus on is not what new thing can we start, but what people that are already in our church are already yeah. taking ground in some of these areas. Yeah. And we'll I think that them. so my very concise answer is I think for most youth ministries in America and churches, it would be a complete waste of time and money to try to like build something in the mm-hmm. metaverse. But what is 100% the best use of your time on a million levels is find people in your true church who already do empower them, pray for them, ask them questions, like yeah. resource them, send yeah. them like dinner one night and say like, and you don't have to make it all this official thing. Yeah. But what, what we are so bad at is that church leaders, we always want to be the hero of the story. When Ephesians four says that like our yeah. job is to equip we the saints to go do ministry. Yep. It'd be like, I personally don't believe that most churches need a basketball ministry. What I think you should do is find every hooper in your church and support them, teach them how to like share the gospel on a basketball court and, 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 and come around them. And Grant, I just want to say this last quote because it's so funny. And I think it's also something that we need to think about with the metaverse is, is, is it's really coming off what you said, uh, Tyler, of quality. If you can't do something well, I personally believe don't do it at all. Yeah. That's just my opinion. There was a, and he said, well, let me say this quote and then yeah. react to it. He said, the problem with most churches is they're trying to build in the metaverse what isn't working for them in real life. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Like, isn't that weird? Like, oh, we're innovating, but we're going to put pews. Imagine putting pews in the metaverse. Like, it's just yeah. so weird. It's like we're yeah. trying to replicate the, and, but I think that's because people are trying to create a replacement instead of like an on, an on-ramp. Yeah, I was I was thinking like, for example, for us, like we saw you specifically like doing things on like the idea of video games and building yeah. off of that. And so last year for conference, we're like, let's try it. We tried it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like trying it and seeing what sticks. And we tried it a couple of times. And for just our demographic, there's a there's a small group of kids who are into it. But outside of that, that's it, you yeah. know. And so we had to weigh this decision of like, is this worth it for us? Well, it now was almost like it's it, super cool, and it was yeah, way fun. It was almost like disappointing. Like, oh, we're not doing that. It was almost like there was something wrong with us yes. because at yeah. first, because we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, but we that feel means pressure. We can do something else. A lot of ministries feel pressure, not because they hear the Lord saying it, but because they see what other ministries are doing. Yeah, and it's like, no, not oh, that's one more thing I have to do now. I, I think merch is like. The b- merch and conferences yeah. are the biggest culprits. Yeah, I, 
you are not called, if you cannot produce a quality piece of apparel, and I think yeah. the way, how can you judge its quality? Well, I do think that there's an objective way to judge the design, the fabric, the intentionality, how it ties into a theme at your church, at your youth ministry, et cetera. There, there is that. Even more objective is, do people wear it and do people buy it? If you can sit, like you guys, mm -hmm. I've been wearing y'all's apparel since 2012. It's 10 years now. And you guys have like continually produced it. There's a reason you should do that, you know? And I just want to free somebody. Like, you don't have to have merch. I you think, know that, right? I think yeah. too, for us, yeah. it's like, it was an overflow of expression. That's all it was. Yeah. Like we, that was even before you started doing it. You Absolutely. Know, like, somebody on our staff, like my brother, like Luke, he, he just loved to do that. He loved to design. He was, very, he was really into, like, clothing and merch and stuff. And so we did it. We just, we did it. Our first one, like, wasn't very good, but we did it. And I think, though, what we did that a lot of ministries don't, don't do is they see like right now at this point we have we ordered i think almost 650 pieces of merch differing styles a bunch of different stuff they see that and they forget that we literally launched one shirt yeah and we pounded that shirt into the ground 15 years ago yeah well, but we pounded years, that shirt we've printed way more pieces than we are now yeah, we but we change used to it do depending it, on what we're doing. But we, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, we used to, we started with just being like, we're gonna focus in and make yeah. this one shirt mm -hmm. like f on fire. I think you know my thought saying? with that too, with with merch, is that just having to be a grace that we have. And I'll just say it this way: if he wasn't here, right, then I would maybe turn to you know some of our team that's here behind the cameras. I believe maybe one of them could possibly do it. But if they weren't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, I want to see it happen. I have a vision for it, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'd say, like, when it comes to video games, I look at, like, what you can do with video games, right, yeah. and the way you minister to people. I just can't do that. Yeah. And I think part of it is not only first as a ministry determining what really are we called now, side to. sideswipe, maybe. That's fun. Sideswipe. You play that? Rocket, Rocket League. Rocket League swipe? on your phone? Sideswipe? Oh, no. I hate Rocket League. So boring. <laughs> Cut. Well, I mean... <laughs> No, so, no. I was just gonna say like, there's other things that I have a grace for, and I'm really good at. Like basketball. Yeah, I love playing basketball, no, but I'm and I can reach you, people that I, way. I've I've at times gotten jealous of like I can talk about basketball. I have pastor basketball players. I go to games, but I've been jealous of you at times because like, you you've literally like beaten a kid one on one in basketball, then led them to Jesus afterward. Like, you know well, what you I mean? Gotta like, the, you gotta earn the respect. Yeah, but you are like if I tried to play basketball or like yeah. somebody like <laughs> that's me there's certain to play pastors even. Too. <laughs> I don't even, touch it, bro. Even but think about it, even like certain trends of like all like the influential pastors that people look up to, there's a little group of them, more so this is kind of faded out now, but who are all really into basketball. And it would have yeah. been easy for me to think that in order to be an influential pastor, yes. yeah. I had to just play basketball. Yeah. That would have been operating. It's like the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. I was going to say, like, for me, it's like I thrive more in a sense of, like, production, things like that mm -hmm. behind the scenes in that way. He thrives very, like, artistically. You thrive in, like, video games. There's maybe people watching this. Maybe you're in wow, full. Wow, that's it? Just video games? I'm just, like, giving us each one thing, right? But maybe, like, you're in full-time ministry or you're not. But the point yeah. is God has gifted you. Right. And it's not that you can't try new things. We tried video games. You can yeah. try stuff. Or, or, or not. you can't even – you can go, wow, this ministry does this. Let's try Let's and try apply it. it. Yeah. But what you have to learn is there are things that will be uniquely you. And I would say mm -hmm. to kind of like maybe lead into, let me give another thought, lead us into it somewhere yeah. else here, is you have to go uniquely, not only as a leader, your giftings, but it could be your church. It could be people you build as a team, giftings and things you can hit. But also you got to look at your city. Yeah, You have to look at what are the needs of your city yeah. and of where you're planted. Because it's like certain things that we could try to do here in Emily City, Michigan, versus mm -hmm. Charlotte, North Carolina, right? 
they just aren't going to land the same way. Yeah. They're just not. And I'd even say, like, when you're building your ministry and when you're thinking through the pieces, you have to start with not, well, they did that, I should do it, but it should start with what is in my city. I think, a, I think the best thing that churches can do to innovate in the future is not worry about VR, but it's innovating influence. It's good. Redefining what we call influence in the church, which it's not how many conferences you go to or how many conferences you speak at or how many conferences you start or how many other pastors commented on your reel. Mm-hmm. If we really want to reach lost people, if we really want to like take over our communities, yeah. we, have to, we, have to under, we have to understand that influence in our city I think is part, way more important. Part of our even vision in doing this conference, because we, we sat in this thing for a lot of years before we ever launched it. Most of the things that we have done now in the last number of years, literally for 10 years, him and I would sit when he, he wasn't even full-time ministry yet. He was just uh, in, in college interning, right? We'd sit, we're like, what if one day we did this? And it was all just what ifs. We didn't know if we could. We didn't know if we should. We just talked about it. Mm-hmm. I would say doing this conference is probably one of the hardest undertakings that we've ever had. But just for anybody listening, I would say our vision in doing this is not we did a conference. It is there's like 12 different churches, I think, represented this mm-hmm. year at, at the conference, right? We pray for these churches. Yeah. And the things we're even talking about with influence, right, whatever that looks like, like we're believing that you're going to be impacted in a way yeah. to do church, to do ministry in the way that you do it, not the way we do it. Yeah. But we're just here to come around you, hopefully you know, encourage you. Maybe if, if someone's even watching that didn't come, that's not the yeah. point. Hopefully this even encourages you. We want you to do you, you know, like, yep. and, not, yeah. and not that way. But what about this? Um, talk about looking out. Social media obviously has a lot of influence on us, if we mm-hmm. be honest. And there's pressure and there's a comparative nature to it. But um, there's a lot of churches that are, have tried a lot of different ways of doing youth and young adult ministry, right? Sundays, Wednesdays, once a month, all these different... What are the ways that you've seen a lot of even like bigger name churches, let's say, they've done it? And what are even trends we're seeing that are essentially now the future? We've got all these rehearsals and stuff going on with no, conference happening. It's okay. We're at one conference. Yeah. Um, what, are the, what are the trends that you've seen now that Register for 2023. And then <laughs> here we go. WeareOneConf.com. Almost the, the trends. ChurchCasino.com. That have be, we should buy that. WeareOneConf.com. Um, Whoops. But uh, don't go to the casino. That's a joke. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, what are we talking about? Trends yeah, yeah. that almost, they're not the future, but they are now becoming the future. Yeah. So, I mean, like mm-hmm. the biggest one mm-hmm. would be like the, the um, I think in general, I'm speaking on behalf of Jonathan William Rush the first when I say all these things. Um, not We Are One Conference or My, my Amazing Church. Um, I, I feel like that small groups in the modern church, the, the, the church in America has had an over-infatuation with small groups. And I think we delegate all discipleship to small groups. I think pastors just tell themselves, if someone's in a small group, they're getting discipled. If mm-hmm. we have small groups at our church, we have discipleship. And then I think that that wave extended into student ministry. And I think, meaning a lot of youth ministries across the country, because a few big ones did this, without thinking, I'm not saying everyone did, but without thinking, or maybe without praying, um, just kind of just jumped on board. Mm -hmm. And I don't say this to cause, like, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I say this as a brother 
not trying to like make you feel shame because you probably click off this if you do. But I want you, I want us all to feel challenged. Like, and I had this season, like you guys, you guys walked this with me when I fully took over, um, when I was 22 and I, and I was given the reins of my first youth ministry, I've only been a part of two. Um, the first thing I wanted to do is change it from Wednesday nights to Sunday nights. And because I just thought there's, what I tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. And I, but and that's not because if somebody has it, maybe it's successful for them. I had strategy. That's not the point. I just I had with you. I had strategy. I had statistics. And and it's not like I'm like this expert now. So some of this is like I just am really saying this as a warning sign for you to pray into. I, I'm not giving empirical evidence. And I'm, I'm, there are right moves to make. And you know, you guys have changed parts of your youth ministry thing. And like, but I made that move because I put more stock in value and like that momentum comes from new when I think momentum comes from now like momentum comes from what you're what the foundation and I think sometimes it's same reason everyone felt so innovative when they bought when they got permission from their executive pastor to buy an oculus Mm -hmm. they felt like we felt like we were innovating you felt and I love you you weren't innovating anything you purchased a product we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard of effectiveness, not just innovation. Like innovation for innovation's sake is 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 useless. Mm-hmm. Innovation for effectiveness' sake is is priceless. You even think about though when Jesus came, he was he was an innovator. Yeah, he was doing new things, but he would always be rooted and point back to I've not come to abolish the law. Yeah, but to fulfill it in the prophets. Like yeah. anything new he did was an overflow of what God had already set up through the prophets, through the OT, through through all that different type of stuff. I think. Um, you know, it's interesting because we've been able to visit, visit a couple of different churches. Our pastor's taking us out on these trips where we just check out churches, ask mm-hmm. ideas, meet staff, learn. I think it's always good to learn. Yeah. Sometimes, um, I was going to say this earlier, and I, I don't quite have the words, so I'm just going to, it's going to come out kind of sloppy, but I think there's this fine line between not taking blame and realizing that some things are not becoming what they could be because worried they're being lazy or not giving it our best or we're yep. not willing to try yeah. something new. Yep. But then there's this same sense where it's almost like we try something new just to try something new and we ruin it in the meantime. Yep. And we visit a lot of churches where they do once a month, all of their young people would meet and then they would do small groups. And so we're kind of sitting there like, what are we supposed to do? Like, because that's not what we do. And our setup is even probably different than most, right? We meet every Wednesday and then when we have a conference and all these things, it's all on top of what we do every Wednesday. Like our, just to maybe even give some relief to people out there, if you feel like, man, I don't know how certain people do it. And they, you know, I don't have as many teams and I have to do, I mean, this guy literally like designs all our merch, him and, and another person do the majority of all of our uh, video editing. And then we have a small team that's doing design. He carries a huge load of it. Then we're ministering to middle schoolers. We're preaching every week. Then we're putting on a conference and we're writing songs. We're doing that because it's what we feel called to do and it's, it's mm-hmm. what God's placed inside of us. If it was something else, it'd be something else. My point is, though, it's not like, um, well, I don't have a big enough team, so I can't do it. If you feel called to do it, then start finding yeah. people that want to hop on board and do it with you. But for yeah. us, it wasn't like, well, we got to do We Were One Conference, so we're going to stop meeting every Wednesday now. Yeah. It was, yeah. we feel called to meet every Wednesday. Yeah. And then from there, we launched some discipleship initiatives yeah. and things like that. On top of that, with middle schoolers and all this stuff. My point, though, is what is the shift you see everybody doing right now? Going from once a yeah. month, 
small groups to what? Uh, yeah. So I, I think, and this is something like, this is just give you personal insight to me into our relationship. Like, I, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with church. I'm, I'm just obsessed. And maybe that's wrong. But like, when I'm driving to Walmart and I don't have anyone to do, I'll normally, I'll like call Tyler and we'll just talk about theology for an hour and a half <laughs> while I'm shopping. You know, or, or, or I'll call Dave. These are two of the guys that I just like call. They're my brothers in Christ and in leadership. We talk about all these things. But um, one of the prevailing thoughts that I feel like we always talk about, Tyler, is like, and I think a lot of this comes from our, our perspective as gen, pastors who have pastored Gen Z. Mm-hmm. So Gen Z is like at least current 11-year-olds to at least current 25-year-olds, 26-year-olds. Like, it's, it's, it's broad, there's, yeah. there's some older Gen Z. What we all know from all the little cool youth pastor surveys we all read and whatever is that biblical literacy is lower than it's ever been yeah. in, in, in our, our nation. That is why I say small groups are not the, the ultimate answer to discipleship because who leads small groups? Volunteers. Mm-hmm. And volunteers are amazing. I love them. We need them. But n- most volunteers are not trained, called, called to teach, ca- called up teachers, and they yeah. wouldn't even claim to be. My cool. leaders, if I told my leaders, hey, guys, we are going to unpack the, <laughs> the Council of Nicaea. We're going to get into like catechism. We're going to talk We're about gonna get, eschatology. Yeah. The, my leaders would be like, please don't, because this is what my leaders are doing. They're coming off of work, and I love them for it. And every youth leader watching and every youth pastor watching, you should, you should thank them. But they get off work. They get their kids settled. You know, or maybe they're a college student, some of them, and they, and they get their classes done. And then yeah. with that three hours they have left, they serve at church and they try to disciple and hang out. Well, and we're giving and pray. And but they have we're very giving little them, time to prepare. We're giving them what God has anointed other people to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not necessarily their fault. It's not their fault that the foot has been told that it's supposed to be a hand right now. Yes. But that's kind so of... So what we're the, proposing the is that small groups are for fellowship. That's, yeah. That's and community. I would that's say that, that if you were to... If you were to say, what can you take to the bank and say, for sure, small groups will win in this area? Yeah. Fellowship. Okay, so what's the... I don't, I'm saying that because some people are going to make the case, well, I'm in one small group that we go over. Yeah, we're not saying no small groups. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's like a business leader, like this like Christian business leader small group that I get invited to from like business leaders in Nashville. Yeah, those are all like dudes in their 40s who are really smart. Is yeah. that small group And we have legit? some volunteers in our church that are like truly gifted in teaching. Yeah. So that, but it, it's the minority. Yeah, it's it can, the minority. It can fly. Okay, so how would we say then, let's talk about, you know, because we see this trend of a lot of ministries going mm-hmm. back to meeting every week on Wednesdays. Yep. That's a trend you were telling Shout me. Shout out Church of the Highlands. Yes. A- at April 8th, and a- by, on April 8th, they will start Where they were doing Wednesday it one way, it. right? And they mm-hmm. were, and I, and I love them. Shout out, um, you know, uh, one of their campus pastors was the man who baptized me. Shout out Bronson Moore. Um, they... They, um, there's a great team over there. Like they've innovated and pioneered in youth ministry. And they were a lot of the reason why many people pivoted from meeting every Wednesday night. And now they are, they're choosing together. So here's a good thought then. What they're doing, they're not trying to innovate for the rest of every other ministry. Mm -hmm. They're trying to do what God has asked them to do. Yeah. But many times because they have such influence, let's say someone like us, we see that and think, should we be doing it that way? Right. And I would, that's where I just come back to. You have to know what God's called you to in your city, what you're gifted in, what you can build leaders in. So let's talk about, I want to answer this so, question, though, off of what we just said. Two things. What should a Wednesday look like? Like just some of the ways we do them or ways that pe- we've seen people do them, ways that people could learn from. And 
if we said that small groups are primarily focused on community, mm-hmm. how can we get deeper discipleship then? Like, what can that come from? How could that look like practically? Yeah, I was uh, just a thought off of kind of a little bit what he's saying, and then I'll go to that. I was thinking that, like, uh, I think it really boils down to the understanding of discipleship, like true discipleship. Um, Samuel Whitfield, he wrote a book called Discipleship Begins with Beholding. Mm. And he talks about Have how you read that book? The, no. It's, it will blow mm. your mind. We were on um, college students read that. They sit there just like it hurts. It like literally physically pains me in the me. best way to read it. But basically can you guys you guys I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll get you. Abigail's like running we'll get, we got one. We'll yeah, um, I'll take one home. But basically he talks about this how when the Israelites are at the foot of Sinai, yeah, like he talks about uh in, in I think it's Second Corinthians chapter three where it says that um it's the transform and the renew of your mind. That idea of that that salvation is a transformation thing, and when you behold Christ, when they were beholding God coming down on Sinai, it would transform them, and that was the transformative nature. That is discipleship. Right. And so, as leaders, it's our job, you know, the why. So the why is to get them into a place where they can be discipled. And discipleship yeah. doesn't mean that I sit that down and I go, here are the things of the Bible. That's teaching. Discipleship is them having an opportunity to be discipled by God and yes. have behold Him, have an yeah. have an opportunity to behold Him, and you will be discipled. Now, yeah. I do believe that that teaching is a part of that. I do believe, but yeah. the essence of it, the foundation of it, is God. Like it's yeah. it's having an opportunity to meet with God. Yeah, and it, it's also in First Corinthians when it talks about uh, a, a Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. Mm-hmm. The growth is the discipleship. Yeah. And so, like, the metaverse, those places, that's God, that's us planting. Yeah. Then church, I believe church is the watering for that. Yeah. Like a consistent church. And yeah. that's why we believe in Wednesdays, because it's the backbone of our youth ministry, our, our youth and young adult ministry, and then everything else are watering or our planting spaces yeah. that will plant, but then they have and, a place where they can water. It. And it's not just like, it's not like there's something magical about the day of the month Wednesday, because no. Hillsong does it on Fridays. Yeah. I think, and, and you, it could, I know I, us, I voice Sundays failed for us, but it could work. Yeah, I, think I know about youth ministers that do it Sunday. It's yeah. For, yeah, for us, Wednesday is a sweet spot because in America, Friday, you got football games mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Nobody ain't showing up for church no. on Friday. Yeah. Right? Sunday, they just no. came off of church. Wednesday's a shot in our midweek. That's why we do yep. it. Um, I, I'm going to spring board off yeah. of that. And then I actually want to hear, I just want to hear different thoughts. So we're defining discipleship. We're talking about community can exist here. Now, there can be discipleship too, but primarily small groups is community. For us, this is just what we do practically. And I want to kind of either unravel how you would say, here's what I see that you're doing mm-hmm. as well as here's what I do or what people, mm-hmm. you know, do. So we did the, the math. 76% of our ministry is all in. Yeah. So when I say that, I mean, they come to Sunday morning. Yep. They serve Sunday morning. Yep. They come to Wednesday night. They serve Wednesday nights. Yeah. And we do something after Sunday mornings called trifecta. So all of our youth and young adults, and this is also rare too, because every Wednesday we have youth and young adults together. Mm -hmm. And then we have someone called trifecta, three parts, one heart, middle school, high school, young adults. He has a middle school gathering. I have what's called high school discipleship. And then our young adults pastor has young adult ministry Mm -hmm. called progression that meets. That's where we get a little more community, a little more discipleship. It breaks yeah. off from there. We have circles, and it keeps going. I'm not trying to make it simple. My point is, though, 76% of our ministry comes Sunday morning, 
yeah. serves Wednesday night, serves and goes to trifecta. Yeah. So in that, without me breaking it all down, what would you say that we you see us doing of how you see we're discipling people, or maybe even how you would say we could even do it better? What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, what do you see people doing? Yeah. Well, I think that's like, I think ultimately the thing that, so culture, I'm sure there's some great quotes on this, but ultimately change, what we, what we do as humans is we normally just change from extreme to extreme. And like I pendulum. think that pendulum swinging. So we went from like two, I remember exactly why I wanted to change from Wednesday nights because I was exhausted. My team was exhausted. Why? I had tried Why? for six years every you just event, couldn't grow it opener. Um, seasons were growing. Like at seasons, it was growing. I would say the the biggest thing for us, and and it's so and y'all got to be so careful comparing ministries and ministries because the intricacies. Like mm-hmm. we could speak into each other's ministries in a way that most people couldn't, and learn from each other because we've been partnering in ministry for yep. over ten years. Yeah. But even then, there's stuff that you don't you know. But like transitions play into that. I would say for us, there were nights that um, we would have regular events that would average 700 students, but we could never, ever consistently translate that into. We were so great at events. I would say our you're saying you'd go was, so high, so low. Yes, but I think if I could go back and do it different, I would have actually found peace in that tension, because. Of course, on the night where I say it's a bring night and I'm going to do this giveaway, there's going to be triple the people. But I would beat myself up and kill my team trying to make the Wednesday following the big Wednesday another show. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, also for me, I'm not trying to put my convictions on y'all, I realized that's bad spiritual leadership on my part. Because then what I was doing is I was taking that, what I was doing at times, unintentionally I believe, was that's when people say attractional church in a negative sense. I think that's what I was doing. I was trying to bring them along from a sense of like fun, 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 good, 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 and trying to just like sprinkle Jesus in. Like, I'm not saying I didn't preach the word. I preached the word, but I think that in terms of what we were selling people on, the way that we are, we just had the opportunity, our, our at Elevation, our pastor has been in this huge flow of experimentation and innovation. He had this brilliant quote, that he shared with some of our staff recently where he said, the price of experimentation is increased accountability. So he's giving us permission to experiment, but there's going to be more questions that are asked. And accountability, I know some of you guys have bad experience with accountability. You think that means, oh, this didn't work? Kill it. That's a, that's a controlling leader. But just because a leader asks you how something's going and gives you over the six months you're trying something doesn't mean that they're trying to cripple you. They just want to mm-hmm. know a pulse. So he, and he, he preached a sermon about um, when Jonathan and the armor, the shield bearer, um, went up the hill towards the Philistines, I think it's in Second or First Samuel, I can't remember, you know, before Goliath, so some like First Samuel thirteen or something like that. Um, and uh, Jonathan went up the hill, and and Saul, the king, sat underneath a pomegranate tree, and he even gave us some like hermeneutical like uh, sauce on it, where he talked about how. And I didn't know this before this message, but that pomegranates are like an important like fruit in the first seven fourteen. First seven fourteen. One verse off. I'm a heretic. Um, the pomegranates are like an important like uh, image in the people of like in the people of Israel, right? So Pastor Stephen basically said, "Here is Saul sitting under the promises of God, the pomegranate, in his safety, telling himself that he's like 
that he's like doing the right thing. And he's like, but we can't, we can't use sitting under the promises of God as an excuse to not charge up the hill against yeah. the battle. And so yeah. I say all that to say, what that has caused in our church is we are trying a lot of different things right now. We're releasing um, our new worship expression, Elevation Rhythm, drop, is dropping a project on April 1st. Um, but you guys should listen to We Are One music as well. Um, we've never done that before. <laughs> Shameless um, plug. <laughs> I'm just listing things. No, uh, just, <laughs> uh, video games. We've, we have, our church has invested a lot of money to reaching people through video games. We've invested a lot of money to reach people online. But I would even say our online ministry isn't even an experiment anymore. It's, it's proven. But what is a big experiment for us right now is some of our campuses have gone to gathering every Wednesdays with youth and with young adults. Mm-hmm. One specifically, um, one of our campuses has been doing a young adult gathering every Wednesday. And it is it's, it's seeing a lot of success yeah. right now. Now we're going to prove the concept over a few months, maybe try it out on another campus, but it, we're seeing a lot of value from that. Um, w- last night, as of this recording, um, would have been our sixth Wednesday night at, at, at the campus that I lead, at um, the youth ministry campus that I lead at Elevation Valentine, and of Wednesday nights. And, but here's what I want to warn everyone to do on the pendulum thing. We're experimenting. We're leaving the pomegranate tree to try these things. Mm-hmm. But, but let me tell you something. We marry methods way too quickly. So we launch these vision nights like our students care. We sell our, we put ourselves in the coffin because when we change something in youth ministry, we, we put vision behind it. Like we put vision around the method instead of the mission. Just try something new and tell them we're trying it new. It's like we didn't announce to our whole church and student ministry, <gasps> Wednesday nights, and this is what it's going to be. You know what I would have done if I would have announced what it was going to be? I would have removed all the freedom for me to try to follow the spirit as I'm forming what it is. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you. And the reality is when you're trying something, yeah. you don't know what it's going to be. I don't yeah. know. So to say what it's going to be, you don't know. But here's, what, here's some of the parameters that I'm focusing on with my team for Wednesday nights. I see a huge value. I'm telling my team this is not when our youth ministry gathers. This is when our youth ministry's leaders gather their e-groups. Because what I'm trying to do is show them it is very important that as the local youth pastor, our students are under my voice and are around me and our other youth pastor, Josh, and even some of our campus I staff. Think that's, I think that's a word for some people listening. I've had actually people ask me this question um, when they're trying to break things into middle school, high school, young adults, or small groups, whatever. There's been kind of this tension between like, well, the, if I'm the youth pastor, right, I'm with these people. Oh, here it is. So we talked about like middle school, high school, young adults. And when I was sharing at a, at a like mini conference thing recently with some pastors, they were asking the question, well, how did, what did the students feel about that if you're with the high schoolers and you don't get to be with every other group? I said, it's not a problem for us. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've established like our pastors and how they're done. But here is the thing that I found. There is this tension between, okay, you can't be everywhere. The volunteers are huge. They're helping. They're doing all these things. But I think that thought alone, you understanding this as a leader, the sheep know the sound of the shepherd's voice. And this is not to discount anyone out there that you're volunteering and you're giving your all. But unless you can say, I'm selling out on this job and I'm getting rid of this whole thing. and I'm called a full-time ministry. I'm going all in. I'm selling myself out for that. If you can't say that, and that's the thing I always talk to my leaders about, I said, I want you to be very conscious of right now how you are leading with me because if you can't say you're called like me, then you can't be the voice. Yeah. And I think that's important, honestly, for someone to hear is like God has entrusted you. No one. No one can put you in that place but God and no one can take you out of there but God. 